Hello, everyone. I wanted and needed to talk about the fact that I have thought about my relationship with women even more. And I wanted to say that I grew up in an environment in church where everyone hugged everyone. The women were the most into hugging more than the men were. There were times where people were uncomfortable with hugging and the women were the most non-verbally vocal about it, meaning their body language, it showed in their faces. They would hug, but it wasn't an excitement hug. It was a let's get this over type of hug. I saw that in church, but I saw that sparingly, should I say sporadically. And I didn't know how to interpret that. So I wasn't sure how to greet them. I would just wave at them. But it was interesting how they would give me excitement hugs but I didn't see them give excitement hugs to anybody else in terms of the women that weren't into hugging. And there were men who, they liked to hug me, but they weren't big on liking to be hugged by everybody else. It was, all right, get this over with, professional coworker hug, all right, all right, get off me. But with me, it was very prolonged. To the point where I told my dad this story how... And I was a kid, so please be, be prayerful what I'm about to say. I said, wow, I noticed that they have their breasts in your face when they hug you. And it's just, it's, it's just this wow causing, Dad. I was like, oh, my. And my dad found it funny. When I look back on it, um, I think about how I didn't know how to interpret that. As a child, that was the best I could interpret. But as an adult, I interpreted it as hugs have to still be professional because you're in church. In church, is, it's very confusing. You have to be both personal and professional. Yeah, we have the whole family thing, family culture in church, but... In a lot of ways, they're like your co-workers. You really don't go home with them. You really don't interact with them outside. So that was always the str- one of the best struggles with church was we're so personable, but again, we're so not. So when I think about years later, the Me Too movement is in full effect in terms it's it's a global phenomenon which it still is and i say that respectfully because it is a global phenomenon it it has impact it has wonderfully empowered women to fight for justice when it comes to any kind of sexual devilishness so to speak it has empowered men, non-binary persons, even children to 
take a knee and take a stand against sexual perversities and sexual deviancies. So the Me Too movement, I started hearing about it, I would say, during my last year in college. My senior year in college, that's when I started hearing about the Me Too movement, especially with the allegations that were arising at that time that Bill Cosby and um, Harvey Weinstein, I started seeing their convictions. And it made me think about my own relationships with women because I had to ask, I felt like I had to ask myself these scary questions. Have I ever assaulted a woman in any kind of way? Have I ever offended a woman with my words, my tone of voice, my facial expressions, my, my gestures, my body language, my hands, my feet? my my comedy and I said to myself to my I never purposely did any of those things and if I ever disrespected a woman it was never intentional I've never been a rapist I've never been violent when it comes to women never ever um I've I'm not a raper of of males, I'm not violent towards males. I'm, I'm not violent nor rapey, not to be disrespectful, but that's how some people call it rapey towards uh, people who are even non-binary, even children. I, I'm just not that way with anybody, never ever. So I I had to stop being hard on myself. At the same time, I do value. Um, difficult introspection when needed. And I said, well, I have to change how I interact with women. I have to now be selective in the hugs when it comes to women. Because with men, it was much easier. When they was, it was men, they would just stick out their hand and I knew how to greet them. Okay, stick out your hand means... If, if I see their fist trying to collide with mine, this is a, a friendly fist bump, okay. Or if I see they stick out their palm and they open their hand, okay, that's a handshake. Okay, that's, how, that's what they want. Or if they just point at me with the, you know, that clicking sound, okay, I do that back to them and it's all friendly. Or if it's a wave, a head nod, a, you know, a, a glance, and a short wave. What's up? Hey, how you doing? With men, it was eat much easier to do. With women, I went with the flow. Sometimes when they would lean in, I'm like, is this a leaning handshake, a leaning hug? They would do a leaning handshake, then hug. Like, shake my hand and hug me at the same time. And sometimes it was difficult to know, okay, was it this? Was it that? In terms of, was it a handshake? Was it a hug? That they wanted this degree like this degree like that. I don't know. And there were some women I remember when I was. This is when I was in the church buildings, where they at first they didn't like to be hugged. So I would go up to them and I'm trying to read the temperature, 
And I would ask, I never hug somebody without trying to, you know, ask them. Some people are hard to read because they give these mixed signals. It's like, give me a clear signal. We're in God's house. I need to know how to talk to you, how to greet you, because I can't be rude to you. That's ungodly. So I would go to hug them. I would go to hug them, and a few of them didn't like being hugged, and I would just say, look, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I was trying to read you. You seemed like you were open for a hug, but then when I was trying to hug you, you didn't seem open. I don't understand. And at first they would, at first they would go, you hugged me already. Okay, okay. And then I was like, well... I'll just wave at you from now on. I don't know how to greet you. I'll just wave at you, and then you have to tell me how you want to be hugged. So when I would see them again, I would just wave. I wouldn't even speak, because I'm like, I don't even know if this person wants my mouth to move in the direction of them. I don't know if they want my words to be directed at them, so I would just quietly wave. I wasn't mean in terms of my facial expression, but I wasn't sure if I could be conveying something inappropriate. And I wasn't sure if they were going to convey something inappropriate to me. I don't know if they're going to snap my head off. I don't know if I was going to be so offended that, you know, I had a human moment and just lashed out and apologized later. That never happened, thankfully. So the next time I went to wave and and I and I gave them a calm look on my face, it wasn't overly happy, it wasn't overly sad, and at the same time, it wasn't out of hatred. It was a calm, hello, how you doing? Like you see in the street, most people when they look at you, it's not they're not smiling, but they're not mad at you at the same time. It's a even kill. I'm just chilling type of face. And I noticed as I was leaving, because they waved at me and looked at me, they called my name. And I turned and they said, I don't like that. This just, you saw the silent waving at each other that we're doing. I don't like it. And I said, how do we fix this? And they said, I'm sorry. I didn't know that I like getting hugs from you. I really enjoyed it the first time. I thought about it. And I'm sorry. I apologize. I won't ever treat you that way again. I really, I really want to make it up to you. They're like, it's okay to hug me. Come on. And so we would hug. Like, and I was, and I, as I was hugged, they would say, let's do the prolonged hugs, the very long squeeze, like we, we really tight hugs. And that's what we did. Some older women and elderly women, they were in church for the first time. Well, our church for the first time, I should say. And I was still think, still considering how to greet people. I was like, this is the first time in church, and I would explain to them, this is how it works in church, you know. I know there's a lot of people hugging. You don't have to. Don't feel like you're on God if you don't. You know, every believer is different how they want to be talked to. And 
you know, every and I remember saying everybody's level of closeness is different. Some people they do that in church, some people don't. Some people decide, okay, I only do that with people in my family, people like my friends, everybody else don't get a hug and I said, Hey, that's okay. I said, it's totally okay. You decide how you want to greet people. That's your domain. That's your right. That's your prerogative. And so I said, okay, how do you want to greet me? And they was like, I just want to hug you like crazy. You are so sweet. And so they would hug me. And nothing that I said ever conveyed psychological manipulation. No emotional manipulation either. I wasn't trying to play a mind game, and I didn't play a mind game, I was being honest, because you don't have to if you don't want to. And I said that to them, and I said, even me, if you don't want to hug me, I'm not going to be offended, it's okay. Be true to yourself and how you want to react and respond and deal with people. You're a person, you don't have to put up with what you don't want to, you don't have to put up with whoever you don't want to put up with. They're not right for you. It's just not clicking and it's okay. Plus, I was sometimes I remember making announcements for the hospitality ministry and I helped them out to some extent in terms of I was the one that tended to make people feel comfortable in the church. Like I would follow up with new converts and new believers and people already believers but decided to join our church. I would make sure before they left that they were greeted by me. Sometimes I wasn't able to greet them right away. So so I'm with them like, hey, hey, I didn't get a chance to talk to you, you know? And they would, we would talk and greet them like, do you feel comfortable? Like, to be honest, Antonio, you're the only member that has made me feel right at home in church. Everybody else has not treated me with the love of Jesus like you have. I rem- and that really and we would just hug each other, really smiling. That because that was my way of saying thank you out of gratitude and and humility. And other times, sometimes they would pull off in their cars. And I was like, oh, I didn't get a chance to talk to them, so I would bang on their cars. They're driving away. I know it was dangerous, but I'm like, I I can't have them leave until I speak to them. And they and they would stop the car and they're trying to figure out who's banging on my car and I'm waving. I'm like, I, I I've been looking for you. I didn't get to see you. Hey, how you doing? I'm so sorry. So I'm saying all this while I'm putting my um, fingers to my head. You know, it's it's like you see two hands jab together and their fingers overlap each hand. And I'm putting my hands to my head to catch my breath because I'm tired. I'm sounding like I'm wheezing. They're like, Antonio, they're like, Antonio, calm down. Relax, relax. Okay, okay, okay. I won't leave yet. We'll, I'll stay here for a half an hour so we can talk. And these, and these, they already had plans to like go to brunch and go see their friends and see their family. They're like, oh, they can wait. You are that important to me. If I stay over half an hour, that's because I felt like it. Don't worry about the time. We're going to talk. And we, when we just going to leave it at that. So that's what we did. And they got back in their cars and drove off. But, and then I got in my parents' car and went home. Because I was like, okay, we had a lovely interaction. We're laughing and giggling and joking and smiling and having Christ-centered conversations. Very introspective talks. Oh, this was, that was lovely. Now, 
announcements for the hospitality ministry was you would I would announce people and I would announce their name, where they're from. You pass mic, you pass the microphone to people. Um, some people didn't fill it out, so I would say, hey, if anybody didn't fill this out, you can just give the mic and say what you're comfortable saying. And they really liked that. They didn't feel like on the spot. They kept it short. I said, thank you for coming to our church family. And the ushers will pass the mic. Okay, you done. Now they're going to go to this person. And they really appreciated all that. Now, let's fast forward to the Me Too movement. When the Me Too movement hit, not hit in a bad way, but when it became global, I remember a feeling of, Hmm. I'm not going to stop hugging women completely, but times like these make me think because of the because of these male pigs out here. I need to really think even more in depth about how to about how to have the proper physical boundaries material the proper material boundaries the proper emotional boundaries the proper intellectual boundaries the proper sexual boundaries the proper financial boundaries did I say the proper physical boundaries? okay I did and the proper personal space boundaries with women. So I may have gone overboard, but it, it happened unintentionally. Um, I'm the type of person, once I'm told a boundary, I still find myself unintentionally going overboard. And I think that's because... I of the childhood traumas and I'm still working through that stuff around myself. It's okay to go above and beyond when it comes to doing what's right, but it sh- there should be no para- no unhealthy paranoia to it. Now there's a such thing as like healthy caution. I've learned the difference between healthy caution versus unhealthy paranoia. Right, So I can be cautious and go above and beyond, but not go above and beyond out of insecurity, but do it out of self-esteem, healthy self-esteem, actually. So let me get on with more with the story. So there were times where I would talk with women. I basically did COVID-19 protocols with women before COVID-19 became known. Um, I, I remember the first few women I was talking with, um, I would stand at least 10 feet away from them. Not out of, oh my God, you're a woman. It had nothing to do with that. It was more of, okay, we're in the Me Too era and more women are speaking out against sexual evil and I know I'm not sexually evil at all but I don't know who's hurt which woman 
So just in case, because of what I don't know, let me show her that I'm going above and beyond to honor the boundaries so I can prove to you without insecurity, but I really meant it from a I don't mind changing with the times. If that means I don't hug women as much or I don't hug as many as I used to, I'm okay with that. I don't mind changing the times when I need to. These are the times that I should change into. I was never a male pig before, and I really want to show y'all I'm not a male pig now. I'll never be a male pig in the future, and nothing about my legacy screams male pig. So that's my way of showing respect, like, hey, you don't have to worry about me. You ain't got to think about charging me because I would never physically or spiritually put you in a situation where you felt like I have to get this guy charged. Um, and, and I was, and I was, and I had to learn the proper spiritual boundaries with women. So I would stand 10 feet. My hands would be behind my back in a, my arms were folded behind my back and my palms would be open because I didn't want to look guilty because I didn't do anything to bring guilt upon myself, not even them. And at the same time, I would keep my feet on the ground, no sudden movements, and I would just talk with them like, hey, hi. And it was actually a group of women. The first few women, they were a group of women, actually. And so I stood 10 feet away from them. Hey, how you doing? Hi, da-da-da-da, how are you? And just talking. After about a minute or two, they're like, come closer. This is weird. What are you doing? So I came closer and they said, and they looked at me and said, you need to explain yourself. But it wasn't in a, I'm about to take you to court kind of way. It was in a concerned What's going on? This is not like you. And so I explained. I said, well, we're in the Me Too era. And before I can say even more, they interrupted me like, Antonio, oh, hell the fuck no. There's nothing about you that screams sick ass piece of shit. You are fucking awesome. Don't ever think of yourself as some nasty ass pile of shit you are always the goddamn real man to us we love you and we don't ever want you to feel that way again so and plus they said we don't ever want to talk about like this again because there's no need to you're you're a gentleman. You know what chivalry means. Any, you know, anybody tell you different? Fuck out of here. I wish they would feel say that about you. I wish somebody would charge you, because we will bring hell on them. Because there's nothing about you that's fucked up. There's nothing about you that's shitty. And that's what they said. And I'm not dissing the Me Too movement. I say that I'm just being honest about interactions I've had with women and. They and these are women that went out of their way to say, hey, he's a good man. He's a good dude. We don't that's not going to cross our mind when it comes to you. So that's what happened. And the second set of women 
At first, I remember what the first set of women said. So when I talked to a group of women again, we had the proper personal space, you know, and I no longer thought of myself as some creep. I didn't mean to think of myself as a creep. It's just that male pigs sometimes make it hard for guys like myself. Um, they make it hard for guys like myself because now there are some women who will go overboard thinking that all guys are a bunch of shit shows who like to fuck over women physically and emotionally and spiritually and all around. And that's why I felt like, well, I shouldn't have to adjust because I'm not a pervert. I'm not disgusting. I'm not filthy. But if I have to adjust to show women, hey, I'm still that upstanding man you've known this whole time, then damn it, I'll swallow my pride and do what the fuck I have to do. And that's how I felt. And the second set of women, they were big on just being touchy-feely with me. And I was touchy-feely with them right back. We liked each other. And... I remember um, feeling free based on what the first group of women said. And the second set set of women, they actually affirmed me. They talked about how much, they talked about my being a chivalrous, gentle manliness man. And that's when I knew, okay, with women, I can truly, fully be myself, yes. Discernment, absolutely. Prudence, yes. Clarity, yes. Wisdom, yes. Common sense, yes. Logic, yes. Intelligence, yes. Reason, yes. Rationality, yes. Thinking before decision-making, yes. Thinking before speaking, yes. Taste your words as you utter them, yes. Do all that with all women, okay? Yes. Be kind and don't be a doormat, okay? Just keep being myself, in other words. That's what I was telling myself. Um, I've never been a doormat with women. Don't start now. Don't ever start ever. Okay. Okay. All right. I did that. And I wanted to discuss that. How, what was it like for me to adjust? And so now, now that I have sexually healed myself and I sexually heal every day, and I all around heal every day. Now that I all around heal um, myself, I think about the importance of still not being hard on myself. I'm overcoming that every day. Um, I'm no longer consumed with worry. I'm no longer consumed with anxiety. I'm no longer consumed with depression. I'm no longer consumed with trauma complexes and I'm no longer consumed with fear. I'm no longer consumed with guilt. I'm no longer consumed with shame. I'm no longer consumed with self-blame. I'm no longer consumed with self-warfare. Um, I'm just no longer consumed with those things. You know, I, I'm no longer consumed with regret. I'm no longer consumed with remorse because 
like a lot, like everybody, that regrets and remorse. I do. I, it just doesn't control me like it, like it felt like it was doing it. Sometimes I may not always describe things as accurately as I would like because we all have experiences, and I'm not being hard on myself. I'm just really being honest. Sometimes when we have experiences, it's tough at times to accurately describe what's going on because I'm still learning every day to stay away from victim language and remain in victor language. So sometimes when you have survived some things and now you're thriving and you keep thriving, adjustments take years. It takes years to become the victor that you know yourself to be. It also takes years to undo the traumatic programming and to redo programming, not but not the traumatic kind, but the thriving programming. You have to transition from traumatic programming to thriving programming. That takes a lifetime. That takes years. That takes every day the rest of your life. And I'm not worried about arriving or having a destination because that's not what healing is about anyway. Healing is about living. I'm done existing. I am living and breathing, not just living, but I'm also, more important, I'm breathing as I'm living. And I'm living as I'm breathing. So I felt the, the need to really discuss that because it happens to a lot of guys. And I do remember when I was, um, I get. I I feel like this did was this was a result of trauma, and me feeling like I had to adjust more than at any more than any other good guy would. Um, I used to call women Mother Earths, um, lovely lady. I remember using that language when I was five. And that's how I refer to women, queens, princesses. Now, I know that you would listen to some of the trauma stories I told in San Antonio. You do know that not all women are queens, not all women are princesses. I'm like, I, it's tough to admit that because I'm such a gentleman. But the ones who traumatized me did not conduct themselves as queens and princesses and mother earths. I get it. It's a hard truth for me because, you know, my grandma really influenced my gentlemanliness the most. So as a gentleman, you don't like to think of certain women that way. But also, I don't live in denial. I do live in reality. Those are hard truths. And when I was five, I subconsciously knew those hard truths to be truths. But it was hard because it's like, but you, but in my mind, I'm five. I'm thinking God created you. I don't want to see the total opposite of what God didn't make you out to be. So when when I put when I was putting God in it, I'm a five year old Christian child. I'm like, I don't want to see you as as not a queen and not a princess. I want to see you as a queen and a princess because that's how God made you. I'm not talking about. 
arrogance. I'm not talking about haughtiness. I'm not talking about envy and jealousy. Yes, did the ones who traumatized me in female bodies, were they all those negative character traits? Yes, and it's hard for me to admit that. But I'm not talking about enslavement of anybody. When I say queen and princess, I'm talking about people being royalty. God is royalty. God made us all to be royalty. That does not mean laziness. That does not mean stupidity. That does not mean craziness. That does not mean egoism either. I just want to say that. I'm talking about royalty from a humane perspective. So I'm just telling you what I thought when I was five. And when I would, even when I was five, when I would greet women back then, I was just like, I would greet her based upon how I saw her greet other people. I would greet women, I would would greet other people. When it came to me, they never made me feel like, I'm talking about civilian women. Now, the ones who traumatized me, yes, they made me feel like Greeting them was always my fault. I overcame that, thankfully. Um, because of what they were sexually doing to me. Violations, um, atrocities, and abuses. But with the civilian women, they never made me feel like I couldn't greet them well. Because some... Pedophiles, it's a hard word for me to use, but... That's no other way to describe them. When they greet you, it's also to groom you. Greeting is grooming and grooming is greeting to pedophiles. And to just all types of abusers when you deeply think, profoundly think about it and think of it. So that explains more of what I wanted to share with you. And... My next episode, I'm going to talk more about where I am in terms of women, men, non-binary people, LGBTQ plus people, um, the church, um, and just life and society in general. So stay tuned.